All right, so welcome back to Multifamily Live. Super excited for today's guest, Arn Silendella. Hey, Arn, how you doing? Hey, Jason, I'm doing well. Great to be here, and thanks for, so much for having me on your show. Well, excited to have you. And Arn is a real estate broker and investor with over 43 years experience in the real estate industry. He started as a residential broker in 1978, built a thriving Silicon Valley residential broker's business with accumulating a sizable portfolio of single family rental homes, both in the San Fan Bay Area and across the U.S., Arn founded Spark Investment Group in 2020, transitioned his single-family rental portfolio into multifamily properties, and currently has a portfolio over 1,300 units as a limited partner and 433 as a a general partner. Uh, Spark Investment Group assists busy professionals to create passive income uh, through passive investments in multifamily, providing financial freedom and even more time freedom, right? And so we were having that talk earlier where, where the financial freedom is cool, but, uh, but the time freedom is, is really where, where everything's about. And so to get out of the gate, I, I'd have to say just, you know, with such a storied investment career here, what was the, um, the, the moment that just came up where you said, well, now I'm going to go into multifamily. What was it? Uh, great question. Uh, and actually it was a phone call with a young investor buddy of mine here in Greenville, South Carolina, where I now live. And uh, we've been friends five, six years, kind of followed and supported each other. He moved into the syndication space. And in March 2020, when COVID hit, he called me up and said, hey, Arn, what do you think COVID's going to do to rent collection? And I told him, well, wait till about April 5th and I'll let you know, you know, I wanted to see if the April one rents came in and that uh, led to a podcast. And then that kind of set things in motion. Prior to that, I had been looking to kind of move from the single family, maybe to the 10, 12, 16 unit properties. Um, but that phone call and the subsequent education I got kind of pushed me more towards the larger deals through syndication. Got it. And so you think about this, you get yourself to April 5th here and you're looking at the narrative, right? So we have the macro point and then we have each of the markets being treated you know, differently. And then some of the legislation really dictating the path there. And where was syndication, the model that really took off for you compared to just going from the single family into the 10 and 12 space? Well, uh, so I do have a few 10 and 12 unit buildings and I enjoy doing that. Those are typically more structured as joint ventures, but I do think there's a benefit to owning larger properties. It's easier to put together a team. There's some economies of scale. You can get less expensive, more professional property management, which of course, as you know, is really Almost the most important thing in all of this is having excellent property management. Um, And then in addition, I felt the larger you go, the more cash flow you get and um, also better financing. You know, once you can get up into agency debt, the financing really improves where if you're in that you know, $800,000 million loan amount, you're kind of looking at community banks and the financing isn't just quite as attractive. So I think the bigger makes sense. Yeah. 
It, it sure does, right? And most of, the, of every pain point that keeps people from going larger is, is mainly in their mind, right? Because, because once you can lay out all of the advantages of being able to size up into a property that can be treated more like a business and less like a, like a house or a rental, then the, the, just the sky opens up. Right. And, and you see that across all fronts. And when we get stuck, I mean, you're absolutely right. I, I've ruled out markets because we just can't find a property management company we want to work with. Because if you can't, if you can have the best plan out there, right, you, you can say, I have the best plan. But if you have no one to go and do the plan, if you're not doing it yourself and you're not even in that market, well, then it's all for naught. Right. And so have you now being in Greenville was when did you move to Greenville and what did that uh, dictate your move into multifamily? Uh, no, I moved to Greenville 2014 after selling yeah. real estate for 35 years in Silicon Valley. Laura and I were kind of ready for uh, a lifestyle transition. The Bay Area, of course, is a fabulous place to, to, to be, but there are a lot of great places in the U.S. that people are discovering. And we were fortunate enough to kind of fall into Greenville, South Carolina, which is between Charlotte and Atlanta. Uh, the move wasn't so much dictated due to real estate, uh, more a lifestyle decision. But when I got here and I saw what was going on, it's a, it's a phenomenal market here. The economy's booming, prop population's growing. So it made intuitively after years in the business, I knew this would be a good place to invest. I started buying single family, did a lot of flips and then kind of moved to multifamily. And so now my multifamily activity is focused in Greenville specifically, but also in North and South Carolina, a little bit wider range. That's fantastic. How has some of the past experiences, you know, 35 years in the brokerage area, right? Especially out in the Bay Area where it's a highly competitive, right? Highly lucrative, but highly competitive. How has that transcended your, your mind and, and how you treat your path today? Yeah. So, so great question. So certainly, um, the value of real estate in the San Francisco Bay Area is high, uh, there are houses that rival the cost of 50 unit apartments elsewhere in the country. So working with high income, high net worth individuals was nothing new to me. Um, and certainly I had a kind of built in database of people who want to invest in real estate, but they're busy in their careers. They're busy with family. They don't really know the real estate business. So when we can offer them passive opportunities, we're doing a service to them. And I really believe in diversification. So in the Bay Area, people have stocks, big portfolios, and I just suggest to them, kind of let's diversify a little bit into that real estate. And the argument makes sense to them. Um, the other thing I would say is most of the properties I'm working with are kind of garden style apartments, either one or two story, typically wood frame buildings. So all of the issues with construction, foundation, framing, heating, plumbing, and electrical systems is really almost identical to a single family house, right? Now, yeah. if you got a 50, if you got a 50 story uh, apartment building with elevators, that's kind of a different animal but transitioning from single family to kind of garden style apartments is good. And of course, 
landlord-tenant relations are very similar. So for me, I found it was a fairly smooth transition. Do you find that there's much pushback on, on market allocation where, you know, they're so used to being in the tech-driven, uh, we'll say Bay Area, right? And that's where a lot of their leading their stocks pass, a lot of leading everything they're doing, right? And now investing into, you know, we'll say second-tier market. Is that a pushback on any front? Uh, some people just aren't interested in real estate. They like to stay with what they're used to, and that's sure. totally fine. Uh, but I would say most people understand the value of having some real estate in their portfolio. And I would say people in the Bay Area kind of understand for rental real estate, the Bay Area is probably not the best place to invest. So uh, if they know the locations of where these properties are located, there's generally not too much pushback. So that means not a small city in the middle of South Carolina or in North Carolina, but more the major metropolitan centers, they're familiar with the name Charlotte and Raleigh and Nashville. So I haven't found a lot of resistance to that. So a little transition now with so many um, units being able to acquire, right, since since the start off here, just out of the gate, what has been some of the uh, lead drivers that have allowed you to find so many great complexes to bring into your portfolio? Uh, great question. And uh, I think it's just a matter of networking and, and building relationships. And uh, coming from a residential background, 98% of all homes go through multiple listing service, right? So single family brokers, single family investors have access to all of the listings just kind of automatically uh, over the web electronically, where commercial real estate, there's no kind of national MLS clearinghouse for this data. So it's more building relationships with individual brokers and of course that takes time. And then I think the other thing is, is as you're out and about in your community, living your day-to-day -day life, you let people know what you're doing, right? Because you just never know, your, your, your buddy may have an uncle that has a building and they wanna sell. So I think networking, letting people know what you're doing and focusing on building those relationship with brokers are the key. Yeah, it's so true, right? You just you can talk about it and it doesn't have to be a sale. I think people think when they're letting people know what they do, they're se they're selling them, right? So I had a, one of one of our uh, group in our mastermind walked across to meet a new neighbor, right? And the neighbor said, well, what do you do? And just explained to him. And the neighbor said, oh, and the next thing you know, now he wants to be an investor, right? Just because just a general question, no sale involved. Just this is what I'm doing, right? And people love, if it's something that can help them, great. But they, they do want to hear about you. That's why they ask the question. Yeah. And you are so right. So like if you go to a cocktail party, right, in your community, I guarantee you people are talking about, well, what did that house down the street sell for? You know, and it's just mm -hmm. natural. And you're exactly right. Just let people know what you're doing. And really a little light bulb will go off in their head and they'll go, boy, I'm interested in that. I want to learn more. And it just gives you the per perfect opportunity as opposed to, well, I've got this 40 unit building and I need to raise capital for it. That's going to put people off a little bit, but you just let them know perks their interest, then they'll come to you and it's a much better dynamic.
Yeah, absolutely agree. So driving into 2022 now with such a great 2021 out of the gate here, what is the target focus for this year ahead of you? Um, so I think so that the most of the uh, acquisitions I've done to date have been in the three, four, five million dollar range. And um, I'd like to probably start doing um larger deals. Uh, I'm not ready for a $50 million deal, but you know, if I could jump up to 10, 12 million uh, and do two or three of those next year, that would be great. And of course, that requires more partners and teammates. And so you continually sure. build these relationships. So I think um, I'd like to scale up in terms of the property size and I'm an old school guy. I'm 67. And so I may go counter to the conventional wisdom. I believe some kind of systematic step up makes sense. Um, uh, I'm not going to argue with the go big as quick as you can philosophy either, because it certainly works. Uh, but just for me, uh, investing in other people's capital is a big responsibility. Yeah. So I think starting a little smaller, make sure I have the team in place that can do the job. And then you gain confidence as you execute and it allows you to take it to the next level. So that's kind of my approach, not saying it's the right one, but it's the one that I kind of do. No, very well said. We, we oftentimes think about, oh, we have to go as big as possible. But if the program and your strategy is not in place and you are taking on people's capital here, you're basically trying out your approach on someone else's dime. And although you may be investing too, probably the lion's share is coming from investors. And so the return of capital, right? The preservation of capital. So the growth of capital, yeah, that's great. But the other two, they have to stand forward, <laughs> right? You have to have that in, in your strategy here. And so many times we say, well, I'm buying all these buildings, but if you don't have the team, right? That, that's a big infrastructure play where you're just taking on a lot of risk with potential. Yeah. Could there be a return? Yes. But the downside risk really can outweigh it. So the step-up approach, I, I absolutely agree. I think it really carries such a good purpose to what you're doing, right? Because if you can step up, then great. Then, you know, turn, turn, turn the engine on, let's go, you know, but it, but it takes that first next step up to see, okay, how do we play at this level, right? How is this plane like? How do we move to that next piece here? And I think it's going to be really beneficial looking at what you just did here with this last year. I'm sure 2022 is going to be no different. Well, thanks. Yes. And I think the other thing is if you approach this as kind of a long-term business yeah. by producing serving your clients, uh, it, it's always easier. If you can keep your existing clientele happy, that's a lot easier than finding new clientele, right? Yeah. So it's important to do well, and you, you then build that loyalty and trust. And I know you, you probably have investors that have invested in four or five of your deals sequentially because you've proved yourself. And so that provides value to you because you know you have this loyal committed investor base that when you find the right property they'll be there to support it on on the end that they need so uh take a little longer term approach it's not about one deal it's about doing it well repeatedly 
Yeah. And in, in the age of today where everything is snap of a button, right? It shows up, you order food on your phone. It's there in 10 minutes. It's, it's people get lost and it has to happen right now, but we, we miss how quickly the last five years have went. So, so well said, Arn. Arn, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. For everyone that wants to hear more about you, Spark Investment Group, how do they find you? Hey, thank you. So I'm on LinkedIn and uh, Facebook. Uh, my website is www. Did I say two W's or three? Investwithspark.com. And my email is arn at investwithspark.com. So I'm easy to find, happy to talk to people about real estate. Uh, It's something I've done all my life. I enjoy it. It's created a nice life for me. And, you know, I think we're both just motivated to help others achieve kind of the life they want, the life 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 work balance they want through real estate investing. That's perfect. Arn, thank you so much for being on the show. Really appreciate having you. Thanks, Jason. Appreciate it. Good to meet you. Now, what a great story we've had here. Like you've heard, of course, hit that follow button, hit that subscribe button so you can hear more great stories like we have on these interviews with Arn as well. So Arn, thank you so much. All the listeners out there, talk to you shortly. Thank you.